0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Borber, your host for the next thirty minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Beth with Dr. Jeff. Here for you, here for your pets, and I'm now just about to start my Instagram live show at the same time, and I am now live. So, uh, welcome, 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 those of you who are here joining me on Pet Life Radio and on Instagram. And uh, a couple of ways to get a hold of me here on Pet Life Radio, and that is if you're listening right now and you're on, then all you have to do is just ask away. Uh, you can always, if you're embarrassed or shy, you can reach me at 877 385 8882. Once again, 877 385 8882. And here on Instagram again, just ask away. Love your questions, and you know, just always I say this: that don't think that when you have an issue and you want to get a hold of me, or you have something to ask, that you're the only one that has this question. I can guarantee that there are many, many, many others that have the same questions, same problems, and um, that's the best way to schmooze and have educate at the same time. So um, you know, always have good things to talk about. But uh, I want to start by. First of all, saying that last week, as you know, I was uh, not here live because I was, in fact, this time in the morning, I was on a plane heading to Denver, heading to then a little connection to a place called Hayden, and uh, that is for Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And I was at the Skyce. Skies is a uh, conference put on by the Colorado Veteran Medical Association. And I didn't know what Skyce meant, but it, it is ski c e. And it was obviously it was. It's a great, great conference. Had a blast. Six thirty to seven in the morning is breakfast. Seven to nine session. Nine to four slopes, and then four to six session. And you're on your own for dinner. And I got to tell you, it was great. So um, ophthalmology, and that's one of my favorite subjects. I always say that if I were back in the day to have become a specialist in something, it would have been either opto or surgery. I do a lot of both. I love them both. And it was a great, great talk. This gal was fantastic. And I I tell you, I commented, I said, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I learned so many new things. And it's amazing how fast things change. Things that we were doing regularly, not only are we just not doing them, ophthalmologists are against doing it. And we do it all the time. It's really crazy. Anyway, I got some questions coming in here on Instagram. So let's see. First of all, hi, hi to uh, Beth and hi Steve. Let's see. There uh, was one about, when do you stop feeding puppy food? Great question. And the answer, so we used to say, you know, remember, I'm going to ace myself and going way back. Puppy chow for a full year till he's full grown, right? Well, guess what? We don't do a full year anymore. So it depends a lot on, there are certain growth related problems and conditions because of growing too fast. So sometimes we want to start cutting back puppy food by nine months, especially with some of these giant breeds, because there are, when we think about, for example, let's take one of the most common large breed diseases, hip dysplasia, and it's only 50% congenital. That means it's 50% environmental. And one of the environmental things we think about are these dogs that are growing too big, too fast, being overly exercised, too much running around, too much energy, and that is predisposing them. So you can actually have... A genotypic and a phenotypic. Genotypic is what the genes give us. Phenotypic is what we end up with on the outside. So we can have a dog that genotypically is carrying genes for hip dysplasia, but phenotypically is fine because they took care of that 50% of they could control, which is the environment. And it's how much exercise, how much food, etc. So small breeds, you can go up to a year. That's okay. What I tell people to do is starting by like nine months, you could start doing a slow transition. You know, if you, if you're happy with the food you're feeding, or I should say, who cares about you? If the dog is happy with the food that he or she is eating, then then you could start gradually switching. Maybe stick with the same brand, but just their adult version. And also, puppy food, as we know, is richer in calories. And you know if you see a dog and you're not making adjustments in their food, and they are starting to get a little big, that's not good for hip dysplasia, especially with big dogs. And it's, I mean not good for dogs in general so you don't want to have them too big so you want to start cutting back a little bit so uh i hope that answers your question when you start transitioning you do it slowly gradually because if you switch foods too fast you're gonna have diarrhea all right medium sized dog yeah you know as i said starting in nine months to ten months is fine and then just do your slow transition so anyway i was saying so this conference was really terrific they get i mean they get a lot of people in fact it was sold out the venue was really nice. It was um, the Steamboat Grand Hotel, and it was grand. Literally, it's 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 not exactly ski and ski out. You have to walk like, you know, just through a parking lot into the whole area where they have the ski. But so I'm telling you, if you're skiers or snowboarders and you've never been to Steamboat Springs, it is great. Not easy to get to, though. I did hear that United actually does have a nonstop flight. For some reason, I didn't see it because I always check for that first. So I went through Denver to Hayden Airport. But anyway, it's really, really, really good. And again, the most important thing is I learned a ton. I'm heading to another trade show in a couple of weeks on the 18th, on Sunday the 18th. It'll be after my show. I'll be here for the show. And um going to the Western Veterinary Conference, (WVC), which is arguably you know, the second largest. It was neck and neck with the VMX, which is North American Veterinary Conference, the one that I just came back from in Orlando in January. But because it's in Orlando, it's on the East Coast, it gets a lot more of South American and European veterinarians. So it's it, they had 26,000 people there between the veterinarians, the exhibitors, some of the families, the lecturers, the presenters, of course, the staff. It was absolutely huge. So um, anyway, really, really cool event. They always obviously in the exhibit hall, and I have a list of instruments that I need to buy for some of these new things I'll be doing with eyes. And it's, it's really fascinating stuff. So I had a great time, you know, it's ugly, ugly, ugly. Let me say hi to you. So as you know, looking outside here in LA anyway, it is ugly and just having come back from Denver, Colorado, where it was cold. The one day it was really cool. One day it was almost like spring skiing. It was like 40 degrees and the, and the sun was shining blue sky. You know i always carry double lenses two lenses for my goggles one for when it's uh, overcast and and then one when it's like so i had to put the sunglasses on it was really really bright so the cold weather it really hit me because we were talking about it and they were talking about it a lot in and in some parts of the country it is, is like super way below zero and i realized that you know we here in southern california we don't have to worry about this that much because it, it doesn't get that cold where it could be danger to our pets so you know again we've talked about this before but i just want to reiterate how important it is that when you are leaving pets outside in very very cold weather it's important to uh, they should be have some sort of protection from the wind uh like especially if you're in the midwest like a chicago where they call it wind chill factor it could be you know if it might be 10 degrees but with wind chill it's below 20 or i should say 20 below so you know it is very important to have shelter. Uh, a lot of things you can do. Talk to your veterinarians. But if you can leave animals inside, leave them inside. Now, as you know, I hope many of you had to see my five dogs. I introduced my five dogs, a little history about them. Either, well, three of rescues, two rehomes. And they are, I mean, super, super dogs. And I am now going to, I think, I don't know when it's going to start, but you're going to get to meet my four cats. I had five, unfortunately, Munchie. Who was the, the oldest about three, four months ago, we had to say goodbye. He was almost 18. He had a great, great life. Yes, he ate a lot. Thus, the name Munchie, even as a, as a kitten, he would sit and he would like just meow sitting at the food bowl. And that this cat could eat. And he, he, you know, he was big, but he wasn't like not as well. You're gonna meet one of my cats <laughs> whose name is Ponzu. I don't think you should ever. <laughs> Name a cat about food. Whether it's munchy, eating fatso, ponzu. We had sushi. We had sake. They were they were pretty. They were Orientals, and Orientals are usually very lean because Orientals are like our Siamese are Orientals. So for some reason, those two were lean. But so and then we got this other kitty who was so cute. He was like you could fit him in your palm of your hand. Who knew? And he was all white. We didn't start seeing color points. Until he was a little, getting a little older, he's like a flame point. But man, this cat eats, and this cat is, and I hate to admit it as a veterinarian, I should never admit it, but I am. He is fat, <laughs> pleasingly plump. Call what you want, he's way too big. All right, let me see. We have got a lot of waves coming in. Well, I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna tell you a case I'm kind of working on now, and um, I, I we had to send it away because it was um, on the weekend we're closed. So this beautiful yellow lab comes in vomiting and and you know this is the decision process that many of us have and it's really not easy you think oh god no brainer take x-rays nothing We don't see anything there's no gas pattern it just looked actually there's a lot of poop in the colon like it was t- trying to come out stomach looked normal so we gave him an anti-vomiting shot we took some blood work put him on on uh, iv fluids and goes through the day his, his nausea pretty much got under control no more salivating no more vomiting his bloods came back pretty perfect, a little white cell count elevation, which usually means infection or inflammation. So now he still was ADR, ain't doing right. Labrador retrievers will eat and eat and eat. So therefore, the biggest concern for me was not that I couldn't see anything. Not he, he was obstructed, whatever the case may be, is that he wasn't eating. Labrador retrievers do not not eat, period. So I told the owner that look we don't have overnight care where i'm at now and i was very nervous because this was friday afternoon all of a sudden waiting says monday <makes> not good so i sent him to one of the emergency clinics that i really like in town it's called veg and um they monitored and apparently they also did monitoring they felt as did i that this is not a surgical disease at least not yet and if things are moving he didn't have that classic gas pattern indicating an obstruction there were everything comes down to a dead stop and the body is trying to push and they thought they saw something on ultrasound but they weren't sure but they were following it they thought maybe an object that soft like a, a rag a sock something like that talked to him last night and being monitored they, they thought he was it, everything was moving that whatever it was it looked like it was coming through and then this morning I talked to them and they think they need to cut you know, now at this point, like he asked me, he says, Yeah, I know you do a lot of surgery. Do you want to wait? Well, I would 100% do it if it was Sunday going to Monday and I could do it, meaning today is Monday and I would do it today. But I said, no, because this is what happens. When you have something that's obstructing a bowel, the bowel goes through what's called peristaltic waves. Those are waves that compress and extend, compress and extend. And that's how things get are getting pushed through the intestinal tract from the stomach into the small intestine right? And first the jejunum, uh, the then the ileum, then the cecal-cola junction into the colon. And that's how things get moved along. But when, when it comes to a dead stop and there's no more movement, the body keeps trying and trying. And that's how you get what's called perforations. Those are tears in the intestine. When you open those up, now you have disaster because they have intestinal contents leaking into the abdomen. And so I told my friend that my client I said, "No, yes, I would love to do it. And if it was today, it was a, a work day, and I had my surgical team there with me, I would do it. But you do not want to wait. You do not want to wait because then you end up with major, major problems. And uh, unfortunately, so they're going to do the surgery today. I was going to go by there later and and um, and look at the um, see how the dog is doing. So anyway, while you're getting ethical breeders, okay, you know what? That's great. So let's talk about that because United Frenchie's. I will tell you I hear about all this this all the time and I agree with you totally we are seeing getting to the point where frenchies are not these healthy cute dogs well I mean they're always healthy and cute I should say no they're always cute <laughs> but we are seeing a lot of dogs and a friend of mine who is sort of northern california southern california does frenchie rescue and she saves the ones that are in horrendous shape and I'm going to tell you some stories about these and yes we will talk about this as soon as we go come back from our break we have to break it's that time it's 9 17 don't go away because i want to talk about breeding, ethical breeding, and who should be doing it etc because you don't do it to make money because you'll end up losing money so anyway don't go away we'll be right back after these short messages right here on instagram live and Pit Life radio we'll be right back take a bite out of your competition Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. And welcome back. Welcome back. We're here. We're just talking about if you were following my dogs and, and the names and the the similarities and, and there was the theme with the names and you picked up on it. Yeah, they were presidents, but it was not because we wanted to. It was because it would just fell into our laps. Then we kept it going. So we got Calvin, and then we got Theo, and then we got Grover, and we had Frankie, Franklin. And in the middle, we had a female, a rat terror Millie. So for Miller Fillmore, we named her Millie. And now our rescue from Yulin, the meat market, is a female, and she's Georgie. So anyway, so it happened. I still have a lot of names. Look, there were a lot of presidents. So some presidents are going to be named I mean, dogs will be named after some, and they're going to not be named after some, but that's not a story. That's not a a discussion for now. You know, it's funny. One of the names I always liked is Zach. So I, I'm, that's definitely going to be one of my dogs will be a Zach. So someone didn't realize they, they didn't realize they didn't get Tommy was Thomas as a Jefferson as in it, 1801 to 1809. So he had two terms. So uh, anyway, yeah, it was fun. Let's do yeah, this is a quickie. Foods that can help a dog with kidney, numbers that are high. Yes, there are kidney diets out there, and it's a highly efficient protein. It's not necessarily the num the the high the how much protein, it's how well it's digested and broken down. So there are kidney diets out there. The three commercial diets, and I know a lot of some of you don't like commercial diets. I, as a veterinarian, know these companies know how much work goes into them and the science is behind them, but they are. NF, which is Purina Pro has NF. Then there's Royal Canin, has one that's called Kidney Diet or Renal Diet, and there's KD, which is Hills. And really, I know some of you don't like that, but they put they do put a lot of research into the. Place. I was invited. I was in Topeka, Kansas, to check out um, the Hills Science Diet Science Diet Factory for Hills, and I got to tell you, it, you you could eat off their floors. They really do a, a great job in trying to manufacture develop these foods. For certain diseases, disease conditions, and I think it they do it better than trying to uh, hot pot to put it together yourselves. So I do recommend it. I have no problem if you want to go out and feed other foods, but you know I I told you, you know my issue with raw. I don't mind raw as long as there's some process during the production that is going to kill off the, the big bad four. All right, E. coli, Salmonella, Listeria, Campylobacter, and eating raw meat without whether it's freeze dry, flash freeze whether it's high-pressure pasteurization or what they call high-pressure processing, then I am not a big advocate. Now, could do many, many, many dogs do fine? Yes, they do. But you just never know. And why put your pet at risk? I'm, I'm just not a fan of that. Okay, now let's talk about this the breeding issue. And it's brought on by United Frenchies. We want to do an ethical breeder. So there's a big problem out there. And that is that when dogs get popular, now French Bulldogs are the number one dog in America, have overtaken the Labrador Retriever. And the sadness for me as a Frenchie parent, and my son who has two, that I hear people saying, Frenchie owners, Frenchie parents saying, this will be the last Frenchie I ever get. And I'm thinking, oh, I, they are so adorable. Their personalities are amazing. It's because the way they're being bred now for numbers, it's all about quantity for a lot of these breeders and not quality. And then I, I had a dog. I, I, it was the cutest thing. I posted it um, last week. It was a merle, tan, merle puppy that had the fluffy, the fluffy coat, and so adorable. These big blue eyes. Then one of my rescues came in who specializes in the Frenchie disasters, and she told me that she has had seen this combo of the fluffies born. Check this out with no eyeballs. And then she has ones with severe, severe spinal injury that can't walk. One with the back feet are backwards. So instead of being, you know, coming like hip to the knee to the back to the hock, it was the opposite. So the legs, the back legs were facing the wrong way. These are all congenital issues. And it's usually lousy breeding. Now, of course, with even good breeding, there can always be a congenital defect. A hundred percent. But when we start seeing these that are becoming more and more affected, then it's a big problem. So it's um, it's pretty terrible. I think that what we're going to see is we're going to see a lot fewer of them, which you know maybe people want that. But when you're going to look for Frenchies or any, really any breed, don't go to these backyard breeders. They have no experience. They don't even know how to deal with problems during breeding. And either you're going to get a legitimate breeder that has a long history of healthy dogs They know what to look for. They know what dogs not to breed. Okay. And that's important. I mean, just something as simple as cryptorchidism and monorchidism, where only one or no testicles descend into the scrotum, that's congenital. Yet these people are breeding these dogs, and then those offspring are having it. So I'm certainly not tremendously against breeding. I mean, uh, but I am very much against the unprofessional or Backyard breeders, breeders that don't know what to look for, that all they care about is putting out these dogs so they can make some money. It's not about that. It's putting out quality dog, dog that you, you're comfortable putting your name on it, signing, yes, this is my dog. And there are fewer and fewer of those kind of breeders out there. Not to mention, many of the Frenchies that I see now came from rescues or the shelter. I'm talking purebred Frenchies. So why even go to a breeder? Why don't you go to a rescue? where you can already see the dog is a couple of years old and is in great shape, is physically normal. And why take a chance with a breeder? You already got the dog that's waiting for a home. So you know, I'm a bigger advocate, all four of my cats, which you're going to meet coming up soon because I introduced them all just like I did my dogs. They are all rescues. And my dogs, as I said, three of them rescues and two of them are rehomes. So I don't see myself ever getting a, you know a, a pure breed dog again from a breeder, because there are so many great ones. The woman I got our dog from Georgie from China, she came in last week. Her name is Helena with two magnificent golden retrievers. I mean, gorgeous. The male was 80 something pounds, this gorgeous head, faith, everything about him was beautiful. I mean, I was ready to take him. My wife would've killed me, but I was ready to take him because he was so stunning and ended up at a shelter, at a rescue. It just It's crazy. So anyway, yes, we do need this. And thank you for bringing it up, United Frenchies, because I love the breed, and I see a ton of them because I do the surgery on them. And there's also, as it brought up here, there are a lot of, that's one of the newer things that I've seen at the trade shows, there are genetic testing that is going on. You can get these scent blood samples in or, or cheek swabs in for genetic testing, and um, they can identify certain genetic uh, problems. So um, you can either go, UC Davis has it, another firm called Animal Genetics and Embark. And all of them are excellent. And if you're even debating or considering, try to get something on the parents. Uh, e- even if you're, look, if you're going to spend that much money on a Frenchie, spend a couple hundred more dollars and get those tests done on the parents. Um, that would be a very smart move. I find it very challenging when I see these dogs, uh, not just Frenchies, but any dog. That came from a breeder and it was just poorly bred. I, you know, like I was a Labrador guy for years. I still am. My Labrador is stunning, very, very healthy. He's 12 years old. You'd never know it. My last lab, right, Grover went to 16 and a half. That's amazing. But I knew they were really well bred dogs. And now I think that, yeah, the, yes. Is there a, a guessing game sometimes when you get a rescue dog because you don't know how it was bred? But usually they're older. So you already see. They look fine. They're everything about them looks good. Now, can you see the inside? No. You maybe they'll let you take and get a hip X-ray, and maybe they're doing their own X-rays to see if it's a big dog. Are you having problems? You're going to have problems with dysplasia, but at least you can see what you can see what you're going to get. So, you know, I work with a number of breeders here, obviously, Um, and um, I do laser surgery. So I do the nares, I do the soft palates, I do the tonsils when needed, or the the saccules. I'm a Frenchy guy, so. But I, I, I will tell you, I've seen this woman that comes in. She's an old friend from Northern California. She's kind of works both in Northern and Southern. She came in with a cart the other day with three Frenchies, and all of them had horrendous spinal disease, spinal damage, and it was terrible. You know, It's disheartening for me to see how these great dogs, some of them are so poorly bred that it uh, it's a concern. I mean, I think they're one of the most popular breeds on the internet. You see them all over and they're adorable by the way all right so uh again thanks everybody and we'd love to hear from friendship readers because i love those dogs and uh we will uh, be here next week same bat time same bat channel here on pet life radio and on instagram live i'm dr jeff warber have a great week everybody see you next week bye-bye let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com